Coming up on today's show. It's like a candy store for creators. So I could have easily left with no money left in my pocket and as happy as could be. Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Be sure you are on the list for the weekly e-newsletter. I only send out on Wednesday when a new episode of this show comes out, so make sure you're signed up to receive that for free to your inbox. If you're not already getting it, Go to my podcast website, nhte.net, and pop your email address into the sign-up box. I do publish exclusives in there from time to time, so don't miss out. I love hearing from listeners of this show. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you're welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Little Rock, Arkansas, my guest is a singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist who has a new single coming out this Friday, August 4th, to begin a single each month through and including December for a total of five singles. She was invited to do one of the coveted performance slots at the NAMM show in Anaheim, California in April and has partnerships with multiple companies in that space. As a mental health advocate, she is also the host of a weekly podcast called You're Not Alone, and she is also active as a speaker. She was previously a guest on this show approximately a year and a half ago on episode 417 in February 2022. You've been hearing a song of hers called Don't Make Me Choose. Welcome back to Now Hear This Entertainment, Townsend. Having me. I'm so excited to be back. I can't believe it's been a year and a half. I know, I know. Time flies when you're having fun, as they say. <laughs> Isn't that right? Isn't that right? Well, I appreciate it. It's such an honor. Yeah, yeah. My pleasure. My pleasure. I know we have a lot we want to cover, but let's start off first by having you share with the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Don't Make Me Choose. Absolutely. I'm so excited about this one. This is one of the songs that we'll be releasing in the next few months. So Don't Make Me Choose. It talks about, I feel like everybody's kind of had that moment where you're in relationships and there may be a point where you come to almost a V in the road. So there's maybe somebody that you have an attraction to and there's somebody else that you know you're meant to be with, but there's kind of a fork and you're just trying to say, don't, don't make me choose. Like I, I really enjoy both of these people. I really enjoy um, the I guess the chemistry between both of them. So it's kind of a fun song. I really like it. And yeah, it's, it ended up being kind of country and laid back. It's when we play it live, I've got a full band that plays and all of them say that's their favorite song to play live because Uh it's kind of vibey. It's really easy to get into. So yeah, I'm excited about that one. And that must be exciting when that song comes up in your set list to know we're going to have a lot of fun with this song. In other words, of course you enjoy playing all the other songs, but to know that, okay, everybody in the band just kind of amps up just a little bit more for that one. It's probably fun to look around on stage and smile. Here we go. Exactly, exactly. All the guys have said, man, this one, there's just something about it. You just kind of get into it. There's like a certain vibe that it sets. So it's definitely a fun one. So did you write that by yourself? Because if so, what is that moment like when you present it to the band for the first time? Yeah, so I did write it myself. Um, so when I when you first write a song, I think a lot of musicians can relate to this. I typically record it on my phone, like a demo, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll store this away either to use later or to trash or maybe take ideas from it to make other projects. So showing people the rough draft on your phone is always incredibly vulnerable because mm. you don't know if it's good. You don't know if you're just excited about it, but you don't know. You never know 
what the feedback is going to be. So it's always a little bit scary, but of course, showing the band when it was completed and mixed and mastered, that's always incredibly exciting because that by that point, you've put so much work and effort and you've perfected it. So it's really cool to see people, especially musicians that are so much more talented than you be like, wow, that's a good song. And I think you just, unbeknownst to yourself, I think you just delivered a terrific teaching moment because if there's someone listening right now who is an aspiring performer and you write an original song and you need to start showing it to other people, I think you need to present it, Townsend, wouldn't you agree? Hey, I want you to listen to this new song that I wrote and tell me what you think. Because if you say, this is a banger, or this song really rocks, or oh my gosh, I love this, there's no room for them to give you some constructive feedback. And maybe you say the song really rocks, and in their opinion it doesn't, but they still like it. So now they're kind of, where do I go with that? Yeah, I am all, my friends know, my closest friends that I trust to give me feedback. I want the floor open. I send it to them. There is no buildup. It is, here's my new song. Tell me what you think. Mm. And then when they ask questions, I'll answer whatever they think. Usually they want to see the lyrics typed out. They want to know the background. They want to know, you know, musical things about it. And we'll go from there. But for me personally, I love feedback. It makes me a better musician, a better songwriter. So absolutely. For me, it's pretty crucial. I send it blank as can be. And then I let them fill in the comment section after that. Okay. So despite what you and I both just said, what about when a songwriter has a song finished that they want to show to other people and they do want a particular, I'm not real crazy about the bridge or I'm not sure about the bridge or let me, yes or or no, Bruce, keep it very least you can set it up. For me, I like to send it, see what their feedback is. If they're like, I love it. I may say, you know, I'm kind of doubting the bridge What did you think about it? And there are only a few people, you know, everybody's going to have their own opinion. Every person with a set of ears is going to. And so you want to pick people that have the same style as you, maybe somebody you play around with, somebody you trust. If you send it to too many people, you're going to get a hundred different responses, or you're going to have those friends that are going to support you, whether they like it or not. So like I said earlier, I've got just a few people in my inner circle that I know will give me honest feedback. They're not going to hurt my feelings per se. You know, they might say, that's not my favorite. And they're going to be able to pick out those little pieces that maybe somebody that doesn't know music well wouldn't hear. You know what I mean? So if I were looking at at a particular part, I would still probably leave it be, let them see what they think about the whole setup, and then proceed to go on like, okay, you know, I'm kind of questioning the bridge. What would you think about this or that? What if we added this? I like that. Yeah. Yeah, that they may write you back anyways and say, I, I love it. Anything in particular that you wanted me to pay closer attention to? Well, I didn't feel I got to the chorus fast enough, but, you know, if you think it's okay, and then they write back, no, I thought the timing was great. So, yeah, all good advice, all good advice. Congratulations, by the way. I said in the intro that the day after tomorrow, which will be Friday, August 4th, you will begin a single each month through December so that by the 5th of that month, you will have released five new songs. Explain the strategy behind that approach as well as will there be an EP released at some point of the five songs? Uh, Thank you so much. I am incredibly excited. So for this project in particular, I put a lot of work behind the scenes. It's things that people would never know unless maybe you follow my socials or again, you're in that inner circle. It's something that listeners have no idea about. And Bruce, I'm sure you've heard so many musicians talk about this, but before music is released, if it's your career, you want to make it work the re- worth the release, you know? So you put so much time, so much effort, and really so much money towards making the music, recording it, getting it um, mixed, mastered, and just perfected, that you want the release to be as good as the project was, right? So I sat down with a really close friend of mine that is good at marketing. I sat down and read several books, articles. I listened to podcasts like yours and just really talked to people about what works best right now in this time and age, because it is constantly changing, constantly evolving. Like you said, we went to NAM in California and they even had 
spokespeople talking about releases and what's working now, what is trending now. So for me, it is totally personal preference. But after all of those meetings and all of the things I read through, I was really interested in doing what they call a waterfall release, which seems to be a little bit more popular right now, which by the time this podcast comes out tomorrow, it could change. You know, yeah. it just like that it's ever evolving. But a waterfall release, basically, it's where you can put a single out every month and it builds to exactly what you said, an, an EP or an album or whatever you want it to be at the end. And so it's just one after the other, but there's a little bit of space in between. So I've never done it that way. I'm excited to do it. So I don't know how it will work, if it'll be beneficial <laughs> or not, but it's fun to put a lot of thought and a lot of just effort into a project. So yeah, and there will be an EP at the end. So there will be one song every month kind of leading you into and getting you excited about a full five-song EP. Was there ever any consideration given to, instead of every month for five months, I'll do every other month? Yes. So we thought about every <laughs> every way you could do it. I mean, we talked about... Should we do every week? Should we do every other week, every other month? Wow. Should we just do a full project? Yeah. I mean, we sat down and literally crossed our T's and dotted our I's for this project, which again, I've never done one like this. And that was kind of part of it. I want to try different things. Like I said, I want, I put so much work, effort and money into this project. I really wanted the best way to get ears and eyes on the songs that we spent so much time on. And so I'm excited to see if it makes a difference. It's first time I've done it. So I'm not really sure what will come of it. But yeah, we definitely went through pros and cons of if we did once a week, if we did once every other month, if we did a full project all at one time. And so we just kind of honed in on, okay, what if we put three weeks between everyone, give people time to listen? Um, we may even drop hint, hint, some lyric videos in between <laughs> those deadlines, just giving people that constant entertainment that people are so hungry for. So tell me this, let's talk about the actual music itself. What was the inspiration for this new project for these five songs? Oh man, okay, so as an artist, I feel like you have an arsenal of songs, like we talked about earlier, recorded on your phone. And so for <laughs> me, when I get a song idea, I pick up my guitar, press record, and I either save it for later, throw it away, use ideas for another project. And so I ended up having several songs, probably 10 to 15. And I decided, okay, I want to record these. I think they're worth it. And then you talk to the producers and the musicians. And for me, I mean, an indie artist, everything comes out of your pocket. And so I had to decide, okay, which songs would be worth investing in and recording in Nashville because it is no cheap feat, that's for sure. And so I picked five songs that I felt like these will be really fun to take to the studio. And that's kind of how it worked from there. So which songs did I feel like were ready, perfected, and could move on from there? Uh, so really, I just kind of handpicked from a group of songs that I had written and ready to rock and roll. I see. I see. <laughs> you just said something in there that has me interested because maybe this is out there and I hadn't been aware of it up until this point, but I want to get into the behinds of the scenes project. Who produced it? Is it the same producer on all five songs? I was going to ask you what studio recorded it at. It sounds like you went to Nashville and over what period of time did you record these five songs? Yeah, absolutely. So the recording process is a pretty long one. Uh, so the producer is a guy named Zach Allen. I worked with him on some previous songs on my self-titled album, Townsend. If you remember, like just a year, I think last time we spoke is the last time I worked with him. So we kept in contact. I knew I wanted to work with him again because he was just stellar. He has amazing musicians that he's friends with. And he just, he really listens to what you want. And it's been incredibly talented. And so we've been in touch. I uh, sent him a list of songs, probably 10 you know, we sat down and from there we kind of handpicked, like I said, which ones are ready to go, which ones do we feel like we'll get the most attention and so on. And so he gets the songs and we go back and forth kind of perfecting everything, making sure everything is ready to go. Cause once you step in the studio, 
you want to be ready, right? And so we went to Amber Sound, which is in Nashville, Tennessee, or it's kind of in Hermitage, Tennessee, but pretty close to Nashville. And it's a beautiful studio. It's also the same studio I recorded that album we were just talking about, the self-titled album. He called up a couple of musicians that were just amazing, stellar, stellar guys, incredibly talented. So um, we stayed in the studio. I think the whole project, when I stepped foot in Nashville, was a week long. Mm-hmm. So is he based there, and this is the studio that he goes to regularly, or is it, no, this is his studio? No, so he is based in Nashville, works with tons of artists around the area, but he uses studios just kind of as he feels would fit your style or would fit the artist, and so he can move however you please. So he felt like, you know what, the Amber Sound was perfect for my vibe and my sound last time. Let's try that again. And obviously it depends on your price range. You know, sure. if you've got just unlimited funds, you can record <laughs> in this studio with just this huge console. And so, yeah, so he doesn't have his set studio. Um, he can go wherever you like, which is really cool as well. But it sounds like from what you were saying earlier when you first showed the band the song that we played at the beginning, it sounds like he's bringing in some Nashville players that are performing on, quote-unquote, the record and it's not actually your band members. Am I correct? Correct, yes. So you have the choice. You can bring people, like I'm from Arkansas. I could bring my whole band up and we could record, or you have the option of picking and choosing people that would fit your style. And for this instance, a couple of these artists were ones that worked on my last album. So I was like, yes, they're amazing. They Uh, catch on quickly. We vibe really well. So there's a lot of homework that goes into it. And again, totally personal preference. For me, I love the idea of going in, having fresh new ears and people that are just on a level of talent that you can't even imagine. Like, this is their career. They listen to your song and they're like, ooh, this would sound good. These are the chords. And I mean, they literally listen to your song. Like I said, record it over your phone, listen to it one time through, basically, and then we split and play a live take. And that's how good they are. So I love that. It saves time. They're really great with a metronome, which you've got to be great at. And it's really hard to get people that don't do music full time. Just take a week off your work schedule. Let's all go to Nashville, pay for a hotel. So it's just really hard to do that. So for me personally, I like the idea of doing that when I'm recording out of state. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad that you made those last couple points there because I was going to reinforce it anyways to the audience for them Anyone who's thinking, why wouldn't she bring her band there, yet she wants them to perform these songs with her live? Well, number one, it costs money for the band members to go to Nashville. And number two, as she said, unless they're going to take all this time off from work, Townsend is going to run into, well, this person's not available for this reason, so can we back it up a week? And then this person has this, and they can't get out of it. And all of a sudden, her project is being held up by other people, whereas she knows she can go to Nashville, and she's going to get absolute top-line players who this is all they do. And as she said, they will learn the song in the blink of an eye, and it's seamless. For you, your your transition from Arkansas to Nashville is, you ready to go? Because I'm about to hit record. And, and you're like, yeah, let's do it. That's why I'm here. <laughs> it, exactly. Yeah, I go, we knock it out, and then basically I bring that project home. And for the guys that play live with me, they just listen to that part. And I'm really laid back. I love... I love just the the soul behind the music. So when I play live, I I allow my guys, I always tell them, as long as it's on beat and in tune, take it away. Like Mm. if you don't want to do the solo just like the album, that's okay. I'm not going to make you hit every note perfectly how they do it. I feel like that's part of music is just feeling it and jamming. And so a lot of the things, especially on my self-titled album, the producer and I sit back and we're like, let these guys take it away and they would jam for a minute or two and just kind of get lost in the sound, (laughs) which I feel like is super magical and being like, instead of being like one, two, three, it has to be perfect, which there's nothing wrong with either one of those. That's just not how I am as an artist. I love letting people enjoy what they're doing and play it how they want to. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. To kind of, to kind of go on that point as well. I record in Arkansas um, frequently And when I record in Arkansas, I hire people that I'm very close with. So it's very different. 
like I said, I think mostly just the money aspect makes a huge difference yeah. in traveling. So yeah. I want to back up to something that you mentioned before so that we can get a clarification from you. When you said you had songs or parts of songs in your phone and you went back and then you sent it to the producer, and let's pick out the best five. Did you write specifically knowing I'm going to do a project in late 2023? Or is it a case of, no, Bruce, I'm talking about songs that I've had in my phone for like a few years and went through all those and picked out the five? (laughs) That's a really great question. So I knew as soon as I recorded my self-titled album the last year or two that I wanted to record one within the next year, year and a half. Mm -hmm. And so once you put music out as a musician, and again, I'm sure you've heard this before, people get bored easily. So if you disappear for too long, people have already forgotten about you. And so the stressful part about music is you've constantly got to be engaging and entertaining and all of these things. So I knew that I needed to write a handful of songs and get back in the studio as quickly as I can. Mm. And honestly, if I could go back and afford it sooner, I would have done it even sooner, but it just didn't play out that way. So these songs, a lot of them were written because I knew, okay, we're going to hit the ground running. I mean, the day that last EP dropped, people were already calling. Like I worked with a manager in Nashville just as a friend, but she was like, okay, when's the next one coming out? Mm. So you literally hit the ground running And so some of the songs were ones from way back when that I just found in my archive and like, oh, that sounds good. Mm. And then I just kind of updated it. Mm -hmm. And then some of the ones I just wrote right then and there and were like, okay, let's get new song, new song, new song. So to be honest, kind of a mix of both. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So you undertook that scary thing called crowdfunding. For anyone listening who is an aspiring performer themselves, I've got a couple questions about this. One is... Why did you choose Kickstarter, meaning had you ever used them before? And for that matter, weren't you nervous about their model of you hit your goal, you get it all, but you miss your goal and you get nothing? And then the second question is, on your Kickstarter, you told people, hey, look, the songs are all recorded. I just need your help with all the costs associated with releasing this, the marketing, the design, video, distribution, merchandise, and so on. Were you nervous about people laying back and saying, well, she already has it recorded, so I can't imagine she wouldn't release it. I don't need to donate. (laughs) yes yes to all of those questions so okay i don't know about you i i guess i'm a little bit prideful i'm not sure if that's the right word but hear me out so for me i remember when i first got started and i would see people do gofundmes and they would say hey i really want to chase this dream but i need money and i hate to say it but i literally thought if you want to do that so bad save the money up yourself. That's literally the thought I had. Mm -hmm. But as I've matured and I do music full time now, so many people have come up to me and they've said, we want to help, but we don't know how. Mm. And so people, followers and audience would say things like, I can only come to so many shows. I can only buy so much merchandise. There's not more to buy. How can I help you more? And so this was another thing I read all about because I honestly did not want to do it. I was very hesitant. (laughs) I had already, like I said, put all my money towards recording in the studio. And I thought, man, I don't want to ask people for money. That's so strange. But the more I read and the more I asked, and I asked a lot of acquaintances and followers, they want an opportunity to help you. They are looking for a way to be part of the process. And so when I came home, I met with my marketing friend. He was like, absolutely, we have to give it a try. And so we sat down. We, like I said, crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's. We put together tiers, the different levels that people could choose to support. So you could give a dollar, you could give $1,000, whatever you were comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And it was incredibly vulnerable. Yeah. I mean, You're standing in front of people, like you said, being like, okay, if you believe in my project, throw me a dollar. And that's scary, especially as an adult. But it ended up being amazing. It's a very humbling experience seeing all these names pop up. Every time I got a notification, I wanted to cry because it's this overwhelming Mm. emotion of, wow, people believe in me. 
And so it was really cool. So Kickstarter has that model of you hit your goal, you get it all, but you missed your goal and you get nothing. Did that scare you enough to say, let me look at some other crowdfunding platforms? Or did you just know that, look, you know, they're kind of the the Kleenex of facial tissue. Let's go with Kickstarter. Yeah, they are no joke. No. So funny thing, again, I kind of keep reverting back to this, but I think it's incredibly important for any career you have. You always want to do your continuing education. I read up and read up and read up, and there were just about two or three different websites that people recommended and Kickstarter, it always went back to Kickstarter. Mm. And so I was like, okay. And then the other one was GoFundMe. Mm -hmm. But the marketing friend that I worked with and a lot of friends I worked with, people relate that typically to like, hey, here's some medical need or hey, here's some necessity. Uh. And so without really thinking about psychologically, people relate that to other things. And so we're like, okay, Kickstarter people instantly think creative process yeah. is typically what happens. And so that's why we went that route. And I signed up and I was like, this is going to be great. And then I read the fine details and I was like, oh, no, if we don't meet it, this was all for nothing. And I think that just made it even more exciting. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong. I was stressed every day. <laughs> I looked at that number at least 900 times a day. But it makes it, it, makes it more special. Honestly, I mean, the people that actually got on there, I messaged a media and was like, oh, my gosh, your support means so much. Like the fact that you went through and believed in me enough to do this. So cool. So it's a lot of work. It's incredibly vulnerable. The amount of time and effort we put in perfecting each tier enough that people may want to, you know, bump up a tier because, oh, that's really cool rewards that you can get. It's a lot, but it makes it even more special that there was a, hey, this could be for nothing. Yeah, and I want to explain to the audience here for a minute. What Townsend is referring to is vulnerable for a few reasons. One of them is you have to go into full-on self-promotion mode for 30 days, and you are going to doubt yourself and question and wonder, are people getting annoyed and tired of seeing me posting nothing but my Kickstarter, nothing but my crowdfunding campaign, whatever platform you're using? So you're going to play all those mental games with yourself before you even press publish on day one to start the thing. And then as she said, it's ironic Townsend and I are both podcasters, and we know podcasters always get accused of constantly checking their stats. I, for one, am very much in minority because I rarely check my stats. But when you're doing a crowdfunding campaign, you're going to be checking, like she said, 900 times a day to see, did anybody give? Did I miss a notification? Is there more than when I last looked? And so it, and we can talk about this in the second half of the show, Townsend, but it really goes into kind of a mental health thing because you are putting yourself in a very precarious position for those 30 days. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head. You, it definitely plays the mind games on you, but you just got to dive in head first. When you make the decision that that's what you're going to do, you are dedicated and you just go for it full out. You only go typically, you can choose your timeline, but they typically say 30 days or less. And so we went 30 days, we head dove into it, and I definitely had those moments of, oh, gosh, this is embarrassing. Oh, am I losing followers because they're seeing it so much? But the fact of the matter is I did not lose any, and and I gained fans from it. Well, and P.S., the good news is the music was already recorded, so it wasn't the case of if I don't hit my goal, <laughs> nothing's getting recorded. Yes, exactly. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Little Rock, Arkansas, by singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, podcaster, and speaker Townsend. Visit her official website at TownsendTMusic.com. I will have a link to her site on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. I'm also going to put a link there to her first appearance on this show. So if you never heard that, you can go back and listen to the first conversation that she and I recorded early last year. You have heard us talking about the new music that she will be putting out each of the next five months, starting with this Friday, August 4th. So do look for these new releases on Apple Music and other online digital music retailers meaning support Townsend by purchasing downloads of her music. Yes, you can follow her on Spotify, but don't just stop there. And by the way, speaking of hitting the follow button on various platforms, 
on TownsendTeamusic.com, you will see links for Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. There is also an extensive merch section on her website. Plus, go to the tour section there for details on where and when you can go see her perform live. Stick around because I'm going to ask her not only about her podcast, but another social media platform too coming up. Speaking of all of these different platforms that are out there nowadays, the OWL app has been around long enough, and I've been talking about it long enough, that I do hope you're on there by this point. As I always like to mention, this is not a sponsor. They are not paying me to talk about them. There's just so much benefit to being on there that I want to share this resource with you. It's a great way to connect with people who are experts across a wide array of industries. You might say, I don't need that. I'm already on LinkedIn. Well, guess what? I'm on LinkedIn too, and I'm very active on there, but I get a lot of traction from being on the OWL app. I don't have to wait around hoping to connect with people. While still maintaining the privacy of not giving out your cell phone number, you make voice calls through the app to talk with other users on there. On my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere that you see the home button and then read the article I have there titled, Help Now a Phone Um." app call away to learn more about OWL and also to get links to download it for free, either from the App Store or from Google Play, plus my invitation code, which is a required field as you set up the app on your phone. And then call me on there once you've got it on your phone. Townsend, I was mentioning in there about a couple platforms I wanted to follow up further with you on. First is Threads. I see that you have given that a try. How have you found it to be? Do you think you'll stick with it? Should other singers, songwriters, musicians get on there? What are your thoughts about Threads so far? Oh, good question. Um, so I think it's one of the daunting tasks of being self-employed and being a musician full-time. Anytime there is a new app or new thing that people are going towards you always want to do it so there's there was this moment of great one more thing i gotta do (laughs) but once i hopped on it's kind of fun it's almost it's like a twitter but it's more personal you can get on there you can talk with friends people that you follow so i've enjoyed it so far will it stick around i'm not really sure that's hard to say would you encourage singers songwriters musicians to get on threads and give it a try Absolutely. Like I said, I think if you're striving to do music full time or to do entertainment in any aspect, you want to hop on any app that is gaining traction. So right now, Threads is a brand new thing. You want to hop on there. And it's kind of cool because it's not pictures necessarily. It's not statuses. So for me, I like to get on there and do my Kickstarter or get on there and just put a funny little punchline just to make people laugh a little bit. So People can see my pictures on Instagram. They can see my videos on TikTok. And then they can get a little laugh on my thread. So I like to change it up a little bit so it's not the same on every single app. So, yeah, absolutely. Give it a try. See what you think. I've enjoyed it so far, but we'll see where it goes. And then the other platform is You're Not Alone, which is your weekly podcast. I believe you're currently in Season 2. Share with the audience not only what you're doing on your show but even though it's about mental health and not a music podcast, has having your own podcast helped your music career? And if so, how? Would you recommend that other indie artists do so? Oh, very good. Yes. So I am on season two. It has been a game changer for sure for me. Wow. I only did it because I felt passionate about it. I felt like people can follow my whole story on my socials, but basically... Um, I had my best friend and my drummer passed away. I had people basically just say they wish more people checked in. And so it just built and built and built. And finally, I thought, man, I can do more. So I started this podcast called You're Not Alone with Townsend. Every Monday, I have a guest from all over the world. And we talk about all different topics under the umbrella of mental health. So we've talked about things from eating disorders to PTSD to ichthyosis, which was something I just learned about. So do I recommend it for other musicians? Not necessarily. I think that's a, it is, as you know, Bruce, so much work, (laughs) especially if you do it correctly. It, it takes up an insane amount of my time. Honestly, I feel like podcasting takes up just as much of my time as music and and creating and the social media aspect. 
So it's a lot to bite off. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it unless, like for me and you, this is something I'm passionate about. I want to do it. I feel like I'm giving back in that sense. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from it. So for me, I felt called to do it. So I want to do it. I feel passionate about it. But no, I would I would not tell people to go and do that endeavor if they did not feel that way. Okay, okay. Yeah, don't you agree, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, absolutely. And you did a good job of teasing people, but now I want to know. So what is ichthyosis? I know you want me to go listen to the episode where someone talks about it, but tell us what that is. Yeah, so ichthyosis is a skin disease. It's a skin disorder. Mm. And so it's really rare. There are different forms of it. But I interviewed a woman from the New York area who has a little girl named Anna, and they've gotten a lot of popularity on social media because she's trying to raise awareness because it is so rare. Mm. Anna, I believe right now, I believe she's around five to eight years old. I'd have to go back and double check. She's had a birthday since I talked to him. But basically, your skin forms way too much. And so when you're born, you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of layers of skin that you don't need. Mm. And so she dries out incredibly easily. She's got severe arthritis, and it just causes a lot of health issues. And so the survival rate was incredibly low just because they don't have a lot of kids to work with. They, they don't have a lot of statistics mm. for it. Well, and in your case, there certainly is a mental health angle because dealing with that mentally is a whole nother discussion, never mind what you're dealing with physically and what people are seeing outwardly. So I could totally see how that fits with your You're Not Alone podcast. Absolutely. Everything that the mother was going through mentally as well as the mm. daughter, you know, going to school and trying to make friends and people staring, finding a support system. So wow. definitely has an effect on mental health. So there you have it, folks. There's a good flavor for what you'll hear when you listen to Townsend's podcast. Townsend, as I was giving out your online destinations, I had also mentioned that people should look on your website for information on where and when they can go see you perform live. Since our interview at the start of 2022, in addition to lots of venues throughout Arkansas, you've played in Missouri, Virginia, California, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Maryland, not to mention that, unlike a lot of performers who stopped once the lockdown ended, you did plenty of live stream performances. As busy as you are with recording, releasing music, doing your podcast, and all the other things we've been talking about, performing is always going to be the priority yes yes absolutely i love performing not a not all artists enjoy that sometimes they just want to record but i love the personal aspect of it and just getting to chit chat the community that you can build is incredibly important to me speaking of performing i said way back in the intro that you performed in april at the nam show in anaheim talk about your whole experience there both walking the show itself and of course performing good takeaways i hope Oh, absolutely. It was amazing. I got to meet you, Bruce, which was so <laughs> cool because I follow your journey. Uh, we also did our podcast, like you said, about a year and a half ago. So it was really cool to put a face with the name. Same, same. People that are listening, Bruce, is as, as nice as he seems on here. He's amazing. <laughs> so I appreciate you. you taking the time to meet up with me. Um, yes, Nam was jaw-dropping. It was just amazing. The artists that are there are so incredible. The booths that you see with brand new instruments and MIDI controllers, you can find anything and everything. So it's like a candy store for creators. <laughs> so I could have easily left with no money left in my pocket <laughs> and as happy as could be. Um, as far as performing, it, oh, I can't explain how amazing it is. It's nerve wracking. Because, you know, you prepare, it's a huge deal to be accepted to play, to be invited to play on a main stage at this convention, because there are thousands of people, some of the best musicians and creators in the world come here. Like, there were people, I don't know, Bruce, who you saw, but on your name tags, I saw things like India, Cuba, Netherlands. Mm. Um, I met somebody from Malaysia, and you're just like, wow. this is amazing. And so playing in front of all of these people from all over the world and them telling me how good I am, oh, coolest, 
coolest moment. I would not replace it for anything. Now, what stage did you perform on? I believe this year I was on the Marriott stage, so one of the main stages, and it was incredible. It was amazing. Yeah, that's a real high-traffic area. That's a good one to perform on. Since we're talking about NAM. On a related note, I want to give you a chance to mention the various gear partners that you have, as I alluded to in the intro. From what I see on your Instagram bio alone, it looks like you have at least four. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So I think it's important to know that you only want to promote businesses that you believe in, ones that believe in you, um, pieces of equipment that you enjoy and that you believe in. So I don't I try not to take any kind of deals from people that I don't want to promote things and lead people on just to get some free products. You know what I mean? So the ones that I promote are ones that I use personally. Some of those include Stonebridge guitars, which are amazing. They're made in Canada. There's a guy that hand makes them named Roger and just incredible people. So I am happy to promote them. Also, Elixir Strings is one of them, which are some of the best strings in the industry. I know if you play guitar and are listening, you're like, absolutely. There's no denying that. Um, also work with Artesia Pro, which is wonderful for recording. They've got little keyboards. They've got MIDI controllers. So for people that have a studio, it's perfect to work with. K&K Sound Systems is one. So you put them inside your guitar, you get amazing, amazing crisp sounds when you're playing live and you plug in and then my most next to last recent one was fishman music and so that's the amp i use live i also have a couple of pedals from them like eq pedals and they are incredible i've tried for a long time to perfect my sound live because as you said performing is incredibly important to me and they have perfected the live sound so absolutely i would back all of these companies again and again and again yeah and congratulations because i said at least four and the very first one that you mentioned the guitar maker they're not on there so they're either recent or they're not on your instagram i should have looked deeper than that but did any of this any of the five that you mentioned did any of that come from nam or these were deals you had outside of nam yeah, so Stonebridge is mentioned on my Instagram. I have not put their logo on my website yet because, uh, again, cough, cough a little behind the scenes. We're going to go through and totally revamp the website when we start doing the releases. So we're going to put their logo on there then. They are brand new. I knew them before we had been in chats, but because we are in different time zones and different parts of the world, we were not able to meet face-to-face -face until now. So I got to meet them. We sat down, had a really long talk, and the guy reached over, shook my hand, and he said, I want to be part of everything you're working on. Wow. I believe in it, which is one of the coolest things to hear. And so very recent, it is from Nam. I just got the, the guitar in last week, and it's beautiful, beautiful. So yes, a very recent one, and yes, it did come from Nam. Yeah, and for the audience, ask an artist like Townsend, and I don't mean to separate recording artists like her from, I'm not even going to get into describing who I'm trying to not alienate, but ask someone like Townsend why these companies make a difference to them. Because for the casual music fan, Townsend, I think you'd agree, they don't understand that you have a choice. And there are several companies that do the same thing, but there's something about the company, there's something about the sound, there's something about the gear. In all of these cases that you're talking about, there's a reason that you chose Artesia Pro. There's a reason that you chose Fishman. There's a reason you chose Elixir. There's a reason you chose K&K &K Sound, and you just talked about Stonebridge. So there's a lot that goes into it that I don't think the casual music listener is aware of. Absolutely. Um, like I said earlier, for me personally, I am not going to promote a product that I don't believe in or that I don't use myself. And for me, that's just a moral reason. I don't want to promote something that I don't believe in just because I don't want my followers to go out and spend all their money and be like, man, this is crap. I don't, why are you promoting them? So I don't want to mislead them. So for me, it is an honor and it is a privilege to be able to promote these companies. And, you know, Bruce, last time we spoke, we made this point, but I think it's important to make it again. 
when people think of endorsements and partnerships, they think, oh, you're getting paid the big bucks. <laughs> and I also think it's important for musicians and listeners to know we typically, I know for me personally, don't get a dime. So it's not about the money. Like, if anything, one of the best things we get are maybe free products or maybe a discount on a product, but we don't get any money for promoting them or for pushing their product or for playing their product. It's all just kind of a community working together. Well, and it's important that up-and-coming artists understand you are endorsing the company. You're saying, yes, this is what I play. Yes, this is what I recommend. They're not endorsing you. As Townsend just said, maybe they're giving you the gear for free. It's probably at a discount. But I think too many get caught up in saying, all these companies endorse me. No, they don't. You're endorsing them by saying, these are the products that I use. These are the products I like. These are the products I recommend. It's as simple as thinking, if you don't have a guitar and you wander into a guitar store to buy your very first one, there's going to be one that you pick up that something about it says, this is the one I want to play. It's just like, do you drive a Chevy? Do you drive a Ford? Do you drive a Hyundai? Do you drive a Mazda? There's something about that that makes you say, this is the one I want. And so that's what I was suggesting before is when you talk to an artist like Townsend, what is it about these companies that made you decide these are the ones that I want to use? And Townsend, you did a great job of describing especially the the intangible, which is this is something that I am proud to have my name alongside of. Yeah. We're going to close today with another one of Townsend's original songs, one called Let's Sneak Out. Townsend, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience all about this one, if you would, please. Absolutely. I've said this earlier, I'm repeating myself, but when you put so much work into something, I am excited about this one. I'm going to be honest with you. I think this is my favorite song of the five that we're putting out. Mm. It is incredibly upbeat. Everybody that's heard it so far can't help but tap their foot or snap their fingers, and it just puts you in a good mood. For me, it was incredibly exciting to write because I feel like it is Townsend through a song. It's fun, it's upbeat, it's lighthearted, so I hope people enjoy it and they can relate to it. So I'm really excited about this one. And what is the message of the song? Even though I'm not going to talk over it, they will hear the lyrics. The title sounds self-explanatory, but just tell us what Let's Sneak Out is about, what inspired it. Yes, absolutely. So this song, Let's Sneak Out, I think the words, the title kind of gives it away, but it's, it's that fun, playful time when you're in a relationship and you're figuring each other out. So everything's really exciting and it's really new. And so it talks about going downtown and a fun little city. And as you'll see in the music video, it, it kind of has that feel as well. But just going, having a good time, living life and being in a new, fun little relationship. And that's what it talks about. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we know the day after tomorrow is the big day, so all the best for the first release and for these next few months, all the new music you're going to be putting out. Congratulations in advance, and thanks for making time to be back on Now Hear This Entertainment. It has been such an honor, Bruce. Thank you so, so much for having me on, not once, but twice, and I love seeing your journey. Thank you so much. (laughs) You bet. You bet. My pleasure. With that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, podcaster, and speaker Townsend. Do visit her official website at TownsendTMusic.com. And again, I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Be sure to also look there for the link that I'm going to have to our first conversation from a year and a half ago. As you heard her talk about during this episode, the day after tomorrow, Friday, August 4th, she will release the first of what will be five consecutive singles, one each month through and including December. Please support her by purchasing downloads of her music from the likes of Apple Music and other online digital music retailers. Give her a follow on Spotify, but remember that that really doesn't put money in her pocket. You heard her talk about the crowdfunding campaign she had done because of all the costs that go with releasing music independently. So support her through the merch section of her website and, as I mentioned, buying downloads. Follow Townsend on social media. There are links on her website to engage with her on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Let Townsend know that you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Check out both the merch and the tour sections of TownsendTMusic.com as well. I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. If you've made it all the way to the end, thanks for having stuck with Townsend and I. And I'm going to assume that that means that you do like the podcast. 
You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, more than nine years without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net, and then using the yellow Buy Me a Coffee logo that you'll see there. This is not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash Bruce W. That's going to do it for episode 494. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Townsend. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Let's Sneak Out. Let's sneak out. I'm sick of it all. Turn off our 